Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. afternoon to you. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. What we try to do in the first part of the show is to let you know who we are and what we're attempting to do, and actually who pays for it for that matter. Victory Over Sin is uh, funded by Systemic Change of Idaho, which is an advocacy arm, if you will, of St. Vincent de Paul of Southwest Idaho. And what we attempt to do with that funding is to educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to be incarcerated, come out of incarceration, and blend back into community. We do that in several different ways, but certainly one of them and the one I'm happiest about is this radio show, because we've been doing this radio show for almost six years now. So what we try to do is bring on people to the radio show who will talk about supporting, helping, and being a part of making people, making it easier for people to transition into community. If you go back to the archives of KBXL, you'll see all the different shows we've had over the years. Uh, You can actually find those on Spotify, iHeart, any of the local podcasts that you listen to. Those are all listed there, too. But you'll see if you go back to the archives, uh, directors of the Department of Corrections, uh, state senators, there's a governor or two on there. Uh, You'll see people who have come out of incarceration their first day and come to the studio. We even have one gentleman who was about to go back in, and he was here as his last stop before he went back into incarceration. So we're proud of that body of work, if you will. If you're looking to find out about how the Department of Corrections works here in Idaho, this might be a great resource for you. So check that out. In addition to that, if you are having a service group or a church group or your neighborhood association that wants to understand more about the Department of Corrections, we do have like a 20-minute PowerPoint that we will be happy to come out and share with you. What we do in that instance is show the PowerPoint. And the great thing about that is that it is led by a returning citizen themselves. So after the presentation, they will be there to answer questions about what's going on, what it's like to blend back into community from somebody who has lived that experience. Uh, Have you been listening to me over the period of time that we've been on the air? You know that we've grown in terms of our stature, in terms of support here in the Treasure Valley. We know I have two offices to serve the population coming out of incarceration. The main one is at 3217 West Overland Road, and that's in Boise. Those office hours are 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. What we try to be there is the first stop for everybody coming out of incarceration. You can stop there and get clothing vouchers, food boxes, bus passes, and uh, links to other resources, as well as avail yourself of particularly a very strong employment component that will allow you to find a well-paying job that will pay you a living wage. We can do that. We're looking forward to doing that. We also have an office in Canyon County now. It is located inside the offices of District 3 Probation and Parole. And if you go in there to visit your PRIO or your 
probation officer, you can always ask for St. Vincent de Paul and Terry or Micro over there. We'll talk with you and kind of go forward there. We're excited about the year that is developing this year. We're doing great things. We've got some projects in the works, I think, that will expand our services, that will make us more credible. And we grow in stature every day in terms of serving this population and answering your questions. Towards the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get out and reach out and get in touch with me if you're interested in any or all of this. But a place to start might be www.svdpid.org. Click on reentry, and all of this information I just discussed should be there. We're going to be right back to talk to a gentleman who I think you're going to be impressed with. I haven't known that long, but he's impressive. And we'll talk about his work in just a second. Idaho has an incarceration rate of 761 to 100,000 people, including prisons, jails, immigration detention, and juvenile justice facilities, meaning that it locks up a higher percentage of its people than any democracy on earth. Compare that to the United States, 664 people per 100,000. Canada's 104 people per 100,000, and Norway's 54 people per 100,000. What about our parole system? In 2019, Prison Policy Initiative graded each of the 50 states for their parole system. Idaho received a grade of F. How do we change this? We need your involvement, and we need your story. More importantly, you must tell it. Your Christian voice can support the need to change. Reach out to us and get involved. At the end of the show, Mark will share his contact information, or you can call the radio station, KBXL nine four one The Voice, and ask for links to Mark Rank. Okay, like I said, I'm really excited who we have on today. I'm happy to welcome to the show Mario Hernandez. Mario is the president of a new nonprofit called Learning How to Live. And when I say to live, it's a, a numeral two. Uh, Mario, thank you. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. I love Mario because Mario is one of those guys that has really started out doing positive things for people who have followed me out of incarceration. Let's start with a little bit of your background and where you're from. Can you give us a start with that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, first of all, I'm 52 years old, and uh, I was born and raised in Twin Falls, Idaho, and lived throughout the state of Idaho pretty much around the western United States uh, at, for short periods of time. Grew up in in very abusive uh, home life. Uh, my father was abusive. He was a heroin addict. And uh, my mom was a bookkeeper, so I had kind of uh, two different worlds that I grew up in. Um, at about, let's say, about 12 years old, I started smoking cigarettes and uh, graduated to alcohol about 15. And you know, there's a there's a step ladder when it comes to the starting of use and abuse of substances when it comes to people like me and 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 you know it starts out as just using right and then uh, I went I, I made a transition into abusing you know now I'm getting drunk every weekend and as much as I can during the day during the week and uh, you know for abuse after abuse comes addiction and uh, that's just the natural uh, progression so. You know, I was uh, addicted to alcohol, I was addicted to marijuana, I was addicted to LSD, I was addicted to mushrooms and uh, cocaine and uh, methamphetamines. And obviously, when when that comes around, Mark, there's a, there's a dynamic because you start kind of a conflict with the, with the community, right? And I think usually so, you're going to run across, you're going to run afoul of the law, I would think, too, here in Idaho. Yeah, Jesus yeah, that, that's the conflict because you're doing stuff that's against the law. So now, uh, you know... How do you, how do as a as a juvenile as a youngster as an adult 
how do you manage that uh, that relationship between you know with drugs? And you don't. So what it did to me is, uh, you know, I had to find. I found myself uh, stealing and lying and uh, and cheating and doing, you know, just to, because I'm trying to maintain a negative lifestyle. Then the only way to maintain that negative li- lifestyle is with negative behaviors. So. You know, eventually, of course, came uh, juvenile detention and uh, went to St. Anthony for a year. That's the juvenile detention facility over in St. Anthony. And uh, when I turned 18, I was, uh, you know, it, it was amazing that somehow in there, I managed to still go to school and still get a GED. And however, uh, I couldn't keep a job when I, I went to it roll back just a little bit. I went to St. Anthony and I got out and uh, I went to visit my mom and she was working for a TV station as a master control operator. Just real quick, all that person does is puts in the movies and the commercials and plays them over the air for people. Yeah. So, you know, at, at that tour, I met a guy, and uh, he just happened to be video editing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, I watched him for probably a couple hours, and, you know, he had me sitting next to him. And at the end of my little visit with him, he said, hey, you know what, Mario? You can come here and visit any time you want. Wow. So I... I took him up on that. <laughs> I showed up. I showed up every day for probably a couple of months. And uh, one day he says, "Hey, you know what? I could use a production assistant." And uh, his name was Steve Ridgeway, just a great guy. How uh, old were you at this point? And, uh, How old were you at this point in time? How well, old? I was eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was eighteen years old. So uh, you know, I, I get I get uh, hired and. Now I'm helping him film commercials, and he's teaching me how to edit, and he's teaching me how to do voiceovers, and he's teaching me how to put, uh, you know, soundtracks on, and how to how to produce live shows. And mind you, I'm still kind of a mess. You know, I, I'm still uh, I'm still doing drugs, and I just got on to St. Anthony, but I wasn't clean. I was already smoking pot and drinking alcohol, and but I had this thing inside of me that you know that and and. In retrospect, when I look back at this, Mark, this is, uh, you know, God's hand has been inside of this since day one. So, you know, I get this great job, and I end up, the station ended up closing down for business. And, uh, you know, I was was in active addiction, and I went to county jail again, and I actually picked up a writer at that time, if anybody knows what a writer is. That's 180 days, get your feet wet in prison program that they have. You know, I get out and 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 I'm always the same way when I get out. You know, I'm like, you know, I'm going to do things different this time. You know, I don't. And this is Mark. This isn't just my perspective. This is everybody's perspective that goes to prison. I don't think I can name one. You know, uh, one person that can honestly say they don't want to change their life when they're sitting inside of the walls or behind a fence. Right. No, I totally. Right? So, I totally agree with you. Everybody inside says it's going to be better when you get out. But again, the people who are listening to us now, driving around, who've never had any interaction with the correctional system, they're suffering the same fate that you and I were when we were going through that process ourselves. Right. Right. And it's it's just a vicious circle. So. You know, I end up getting a. Uh, I get I get blessed with another job. I get hired on to College of Southern Idaho and uh, working in the telecommunications department again, producing commercials for the college and working in the college education video program, which is kind of what Zoom is now for classes. Right. Uh, but back then it was by microwave. So you know, all, again, uh, you know, I've got this great job. I got these people that really, uh, you know, they really have a lot of faith in me because uh, I'm sober again for a minute. I get sober for a minute, and and uh, I relapse in the middle of that, and uh, end up losing my job. My, I'll never forget what my boss told me the day that he fired me. So 
he calls me into the office and he says, Mario, he says, uh, you've been an asset to the College of Southern Idaho since you got here. And uh, just today, I realized that you've become a liability. Yep. And, and uh, words that I'll never forget from such a great man. And, uh, you know, it, 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 he, uh, he was at that time the dean of continuing education, ended up being the president of CSI, Jerry Beck. Uh, just a wonderful guy. And uh, so, you know, I ended up, when I got fired, then I just kind of tanked. You know, that's how, that's how we do it. That's how addicts like me do it is when we relapse, we, uh, we take that, we ride that pony home. We that's take right. it and we crash the plane. <laughs> What you need is an excuse. I'll take this excuse and run with it, man. That reinforces yeah. everything in my heart that says I'm no good, so I'm going to prove I'm no good. Yeah, yeah, and we're good at that, right? Exactly. So, uh, and, it's, and it's easy uh, until the point to where we get arrested again, right, right, Mark? Exactly. Uh, and, and it happened again. You know, when I, when I tanked that time, I, I went to prison for, I don't know, it was like a year, and... You know, I'm not going to go into my whole work history, but somehow I got lucky in there, and I got this job at uh, JB's restaurant as a cook on work release out of the uh, CRC in Nampa. And uh, you know, again, I'm sober, and uh, and this is what I got to tell people is like, we're better people sober, and we know that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we all know that. We all know that inside your own heart, whoever it is that's listening, whoever that's uh, you know that's that's been there knows that when we're sober, we're better parents, we're better workers, we're better people, right? We're better community members. Absolutely. So you know, I, 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 they notice that, and I notice that, and they, they the day that I'm getting scheduled to be released from prison, they ask me to be a manager, and uh, I was like, well, uh, I mean, I guess I'll talk to my POs, and you know, my POs let me take the job, and. So I managed restaurants for years, and I actually was sober for a couple of years that time. And uh, and I got married in that time, and I started having marital problems. And again, you know, we take every reason we can when we feel like we want to just give up on life to uh, to relapse. And I used the going through the divorce deal as as a reason to relapse, and I tanked it again, and I went to prison again. So, you know, I, I, I uh, actually tried something that doesn't work for us addicts, and that's just changing uh, where I lived. I moved to California. And uh, we all know that we can find drugs and alcohol in any street corner, any city, any state in this country, any, any country in this world for that matter, right? Exactly. So uh, when I moved to California... You know, I'm sober again, and, and I get back into the TV business, and I work for production companies and multimedia presentation companies and for years in California. What and, part of California? Uh, I was in, uh, I worked in Orange, San Diego. I lived in San Bernardino. I lived in Big Bear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all kind of the big cities over there in all of Southern California. Right. So, you know, and, and you know, I got it. To, uh, the same thing. I, I I wrote a book, Mark, and I called it uh, "All of These Me's." Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, the, what it is, it's about. It's talking about all the different people that I've had to be in this world, right? Mm-hmm. To survive, because we make those up. You know, we're not like by the doctors uh, telling us we are multiple personalities, but we have them, right? That's right. Well, we never like to be told what to do. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, we, uh, you know, I, 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 I invented these parts of me inside of my head that you know I'm a, I'm a good business guy, but I can still try and hide the addict in me somewhere, yeah. right? Yes, sir. And uh, and it never really worked out. I never decided that uh, 
my relationship with God would last. And I, when I was had a strong relationship with the Mark, uh, is when I always felt him sitting on my shoulder, and those are the best days of my life. Uh, Did something turn that changed that for you in terms of for the final time? Yeah, yeah. So, so. Uh, so let's let's fast forward to that, Mark. So you know, this last time, you know, I'm with the wrong people at the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, I get arrested and I get uh, trafficking and another trafficking and a concealing. I had like nine charges, a felony charges, and I go to court and I'm just scared because I know that my history in Idaho is going to make me get some time. And uh, you know, I wake up one day and I'm staring at the cinder blocks and I look at the cinder blocks next to my bunk and I decide. You know what? This is going to be it. You know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm never gonna see this again. And I felt it in my heart, and I knew it was there. And when I went to court, I told the judge. Uh, you know, for, first he asked me, he says, "Do you have anything to say?" I said, "Well, I've got a lot to say." So let's tell you that first of all, that these charges, these uh, nine charges that are here, are a, a small percentage of what I should have because I have been. Uh, drugs and been in the drug world now for three years straight since my last relapse. So let's just call that a thousand felonies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, I, I, what I'm asking you, sirs, I'm asking you if you would please not give me a lot of fixed time, but you can give me however kind of tale that you want, which is uh, indeterminate time, right. because I'm done, because I'm done. And, uh, you know, he took his glasses off and he looked at me and he says, he says, you know, I've have yet to have anybody be quite that honest with me as to admit to a thousand felonies in front of me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he says, I, I appreciate that. And he says, and I'm going to take that into consideration and I'm not going to give you a whole lot of fixed time. I'm going to give you five years, but I'm going to give you a life sentence. So he gave me five fixed to life. Okay. That was seven, almost seven years ago. It'll be seven years in October. So, you know, when I, when, while, while I'm in prison, Mark, you know, I've, I've got all this experience in, in management, restaurant management, and in audio video production and live event production. And I mean, I just, it, I just kind of forgot that I even had that experience, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm in prison, right? I'm just right. I'm just trying to survive like everybody else is trying to follow the rules so I can go home when my poor parole day comes. I walk by education and there's a guy sitting in front of a computer and he's trying to edit a video. And I was like, are you editing a video there? And he said, yeah. And I said, hey, that's my thing. I, I'm a video producer. I can help you with that. And it's amazing how this happened, Mark. And he, he says, you should apply at the school here and see if you can get a job and, uh, you know, be our editor, our video editor. And I said, okay. So I applied and they gave me a job. And what I did is, you know, I, I went right to work. I gave them an equipment list and they ordered me a editing bay and they ordered me an audio production suite. And uh, we started making educational content for, for that facility, which is ICIO in Orofino. And, uh, you know, about six months into that, I, I was transferred down south to the South Correctional Complex in Boise. And, uh, it, it, you know, this is, I got I to gotta throw this in there. This is God's hand, like 100%, without a doubt in my mind, that guided this whole thing. I get to the yard, and I send a kite to Charles Durant. He was a program director at the education. I said, I want to see if I can get a job. He says, oh, we already know who you are. As soon as you get in population, come see us, and we're going to give you a job. So at the same time, I'm telling my sister what I'm doing, right? She's she's obviously in the community. She lives in California, and she's like, 
Yeah, she didn't really get it. You know, she didn't understand the gravity of what I was doing at first. And uh, when I built the second studio, we got some pictures, and I got to send it to her. She's like, oh, my God. We should do something with that. You can do something with that, Mario. This this is like an opening for you. This is your deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Mark, we we built that telecommunications, a media program inside of uh, South Idaho State Correctional Institution. And then I went in front of the parole commission, and uh, they blessed me with a date. Yeah. For time's sake, let's get to learning how to live so that people understand okay. what that is, and especially okay. the people who are walking around the track. So let's talk about how you yeah. got to the nonprofit and how you're okay. going into the institutions now, if we can, so before we run out of time. Yeah, so that, so that all leads into uh, my nonprofit. My sister gave gave me the idea. She says we should start a nonprofit. The day that I got out, uh, I was offered a position and a, and a policy exception at IDOC to work in education. But we decided to go the route of, of doing a nonprofit. And what we figured we would do is we would take my education and my experience, and we would teach it to guys inside of the institutions and get them not only trained in video and audio production, but certified in video and audio production. So we started communicating with the Workforce Development Council, which is the Idaho Department of Labor, and uh, we applied for a grant. Seven months later, uh, our, our grant was approved for Learning How to Live Incorporated. That is who we are. Uh, so now we have a bona fide and certified apprenticeship program inside of Idaho Department of Corrections and one out in the community with a sponsor with yours truly, uh, uh, St. Vincent de Paul. Right. So what we're doing now is the class structure, it starts out with two weeks of soft skills training where we're teaching and uh, talking to people about the soft skills that, that are imperative, important, that you need to not just get a job, but to keep the job get along with people at work, to be able to communicate people with, with, with people at work, and also be able to problem solve and understand your environment. And the most important part of it is being empathetic, right? Because right. when you're empathetic, Mark, you understand where everybody's at, right? Right. And I think you what I want to make sure that we understand, too, that you're in a situation that's so unique. And again, people listening to us, for you to be where you are in terms of your progress, in terms of completing your quote-unquote servitude towards the state of Idaho. You're going back into the facility, you're doing these classes, and that's remarkable for those of us who've been trying to do that for a period of time. There's only a handful of people who are allowed to do that, and you're there, you're actually teaching classes. So if somebody's in a system, let's say they're in southern Idaho and attempting to want to do this, who should they reach out to, a case manager or... So you can you can do one of two things from inside of any one of the institutions. You can write a, case, a, a kite to your case manager, or you can write one to uh, education and ask them about the media production program, and uh, they'll they'll guide you through it. So part of that media production program, just so everybody knows, is we are a certified apprenticeship program. So whatever hours you are in class learning and whatever training that you're doing with us and whatever work you're doing in video production and audio production is going right into the Idaho Department of Labor, which is a U.S. Department of Labor system. And you, anywhere you go in this country, you have apprenticeship hours accruing as a video producer. Just so everybody knows, this is a... This is a kind of, it's a big deal, and, and I really invite anybody that's listening to give it a shot. It's now, actually, maybe you're not going to be a video producer per se, maybe that's not your thing, but the worst thing that could happen is you can, you can do some really cool stuff, because right now media production on YouTube and Instagram and, uh, is, is big. 
And uh, you know, there's a there's a it's really a, a great opportunity, Mark. I totally and I I totally agree with that. I think we're just scratching the surface on how all this works in terms of the stuff that Mario is doing in, con- in conjunction with uh, Saint Vincent de Paul on the outside. All these things are opening up to us. And the thing I'm proudest of, I think, is that a lot of people leading this charge are people like us who have been incarcerated and are going back in and giving back and making it work. Uh, and that's something that's so cool and that 10 years ago wasn't there, five years ago it wasn't there, but we've been working hard to do that. So congratulations. I love the story that you're doing that. But before we leave, I think it's important. Now you're talking to me on a Christian radio station, and I would argue that you and I are both in the same belief that the reason this happens is because of our relationship with Jesus Christ and that that's turned that around. So let's close yeah. with some thoughts on that if we can, please. Okay. So, you know, it, it's everybody knows that, you know, as, as, as somebody like me coming out of prison, there's only one perfect person in this world, and that's Jesus Christ. We know that, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. So it's because I, I'm in the prison system and in the community teaching video production to people like me, that doesn't mean that we're perfect, but it does mean that if you love Jesus, that he's going to be right there with you, walking your walk, and uh, that relationship is important. So if you, if you can manage uh, a, a, a relationship with him, just start talking to him. Tell him that you, know, you love him. I, you know, I love Jesus, and, and, and I believe that through him we can all change. And through him, the, not only is or can we change, but Idaho Department of Corrections is changing. The state of Idaho is changing. Hopefully we can uh, bleed that change out to the communities across the country. Yep, I totally agree with that. I think the only thing is the, everything is up for us in terms of this relationship. And one of the things he said is one of the things that you've heard me say before. Just simply start start talking to Jesus Christ, and the world can kind of turn around for you. So uh, there's yep. a bunch more stuff, and I anticipate that. We will hear from Mario again on the radio show, but I want to thank you so much for coming in. If you need to reach Mario and you want to get in touch with me in a second, I'm going to tell you how to get in touch with me, and I'll be happy to pass along all his information. But if you're looking it up on Google now, it's Learning How to Live, Inc., and that's what you look up on Google, and the two is the number two, right? It would actually be uh, .org. .org, okay. Look that up. Learning How to Live, .org. It's uh, exciting. Uh, I think we're on the uh, crust of something that's going to be absolutely fantastic. And I'm happy that uh, you and I are walking together with this, Mario. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Mark. Have a great day. God bless okay. you. Okay. Through Jesus, there's victory. All the chains that were holding me kept me locked in captivity. Have been broken by grace so free When he poured out his cleansing blood Motivated by his great love Give me faith I need to rise above And sing a song of how I've overcome I've got victory over sin Bringing peace to the fight within Give me strength I need to start again Okay, so like I said, uh, this is really pretty special. If you've got that, this is really this is the uh, beginning of a lot of good things that we think are on the horizon for organizations like mine who are supporting people coming out of incarceration. If you need to reach Mario or myself, it's pretty easy to do. You can go to www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at Systemic Change of Idaho. It's all spelled out there at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. 
We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. Heck, you can even call us on the phone if you want to at area code 208-477-1006. I look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.